Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Well, it's great to be back with you folks. What a chapter yesterday morning, chapter 39 was. It, uh, it evoked some emotion and some thoughts in us, and we talked about some of those very tough trials that Stephanie's been through. And, <coughs> excuse me, after, uh, uh, after the loss of her sweet husband, the martyrdom, uh, she talked about the liver thing being the second most challenging trial, and then narcissism. And we, we mentioned that uh, the idea of being a Christian and a narcissist, they just don't go together. And uh, you may need help with that. And, and so if you've got something like that going on in your life, seek help with that. And, and, you know, God taught us a lot in 39 as we transitioned to 40. He taught us about his generative power. It's a sustaining power that he sustains animals, that he sustains birds. That he sustains the things of the air, uh, to the air and to the creatures. That he, he tenderly minds to them is what I wrote in my Bible, that it's a tender thing because the eggs aren't breaking. And, and, uh, and, and his creative sovereignty, it just proves that he has rights of ownership. He, he mm-hmm. makes everything. He does everything. Makes sure everything fits together. Everything works. And he talks about, you know, the diversity in the last couple of chapters between man and beast. But just taking care of beast and those things, have it's really touched me, Stephanie. And so as we go into chapter 40, and, and uh, we're set up here this morning. And now, how are you doing today, Stephanie? Is everything going well with you? Doing pretty well, Doug. I'm enjoying um, um, try, sitting here in the car in semi-peace and quiet while we do these podcasts and um, yeah. not enjoying fall. Fall is not a favorite season of mine anymore, but um, thankful to be able to serve the Lord. So. Well, I will tell you, uh, fall here, it's about 63 degrees, which is, it's, which is great for South Carolina. And uh, we're at that place within a month. We're going to have to turn on heat, praise God. It's, uh, it's starting to ha- Have you turned on your heat yet, Stephanie? Um, I think it's been on a couple of times. Yeah. We prefer it on the cooler side at our house compared to hot. So, but yeah, it's been on a couple times. I prefer it on the cooler until my body starts tightening up and stuff and my skin gets weird. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. I, then I'm like, you know. If my if I'm getting spasms in my muscle because of the cold, it's time to move on. So yeah, see that's that's exactly where I am. So it's not that cold. Yeah. Um, where we are yet? And yeah. I and I just want you folks to know that Stephanie has the coldest basement, which is really <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the first floor because it opens to the back of her house. So she has like this uh, yeah. tri-level house where, uh, you know, one of the levels opens. It's beautiful. She has a, God has blessed her with a beautiful backyard and, and, uh, but man, when you sleep down there, you need seven blankets, praise God. And, and, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I lose Debbie in blankets and don't see her for hours sometimes down there, but here we are. We're in, <laughs> here we are. We're, we're in chapter 40 and, uh, we continue full disclosure, full disclosure. As we go into chapter 40, we're going to see Job showing back up. There's some things going on here. I believe chapter 40 uh, up till now did more to help me up till now as I pre-read it a little while ago. And uh, uh, I think 
I, I'm so excited about coming into the end of Book of Job, Stephanie. Uh, the Book of Job is just filled, but coming into the end, it kind of it pulls everything together. You know, we probably mentioned a hundred times uh, coming out of the beginning of the Book of Job that, hey, folks, it gets better. Well, we're at the place mm -hmm. where it continues to get better, even though, you know, Job's uh, having to deal with the good Lord like we're all going to have to. And, and he's humbled, I believe, here. And, and so we're in chapter 40 of the book of Job, and it starts off, Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. So he right away he comes out and he's, He's saying, Job, you know, these things you've said, these trials you've been through, you've made comments, you've said things, and uh, let you reply. And, and uh, uh, so I think that this reply, I think we see humility here. Then Job answered, and, and, uh, answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer, yea, twice but I will proceed no further. Then answered the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind and said, Gird up the loins now like a man. I will demand of thee and will declare thou unto me. Will thou also disannual my judgment? Will thou condemn me? Will thou mayest be righteous? Has thou an arm like God? Or canst thou thunder with a voice like him? Deck thyself now with majesty and excellency, and array thyself with glory and beauty. Cast abroad the, way, the rage of thy wrath, and behold everyone that is proud, and abase him. Look on everyone that is proud, and bring him low, and tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together, and bind their faces in secret. Then will I confess unto thee that thine own right hand can save me. Behold now, behemoth, which I made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Lo now, his strength. I hate it when pages stick together. Lo now, his strength has loins. His loins and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a, cre uh, like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as strong as pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is the chief of ways of God. He that made him can make his sword to approach unto him. Surely the mountains bring him forth food, where all the beasts of the field play. He lieth under the shady trees in the covert of the reed and fens. The shady trees cover him with their shadow. The willows of the brook compass him about. Behold, he drinketh up a river, and hasteth not. He trusteth that he can draw up Jordan unto his mouth. He taketh it with his eyes. His nose peereth through snares. Wow, there's a lot going on here in chapter 39 and uh, chapter 40. And uh, after 39, looking at how he had taken care of the animals, all the different things that are going on. It's, it's almost like, you know, there's a challenge. It's re being restated. And, and Job comes back and he's answering to the Lord. And, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's saying, let those who, you know, talk bad. Maybe I, I'm thinking in my mind, rebuke me or uh, gave bad counsel of me. Uh, you know, it, it's time for you to speak. And I mean, what are you getting out of those first uh, a couple verses from God and then Job's answer there in a three verses? What, what came to your mind when you seen Job 
do this? What are the first things you think of? Um, when I see what Job's response is here at the beginning of 40, I'm reminded here that Job in his heart, in the midst of his trial, had never lost that foundation of one who feared God. And had he said things that weren't the best, most definitely, um, his view of God had become very skewed in the midst of his trial. And that's very easy to have happen. And because um, we're all human and I am in no way here to stand in judgment of Job because that's only that's God's place. It's not mine because yeah. I've been in trials and been in those places of saying, God, you don't make any sense right now. And God's telling Job, it doesn't matter if I don't make sense to you. Yeah. Wilt thou also in all my this and all my judgment Wilt thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? No, that's and... a that's a really good application there, I think. I think that's probably you know, exactly what we're looking for there is a practical side. We don't understand God. Uh, you know, our minds are these finite uh, and we serve an infinite God. And I, yeah. I, and I think that's what you're getting at there. And, and yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, this, this chapter is fun because God starts talking about behemoth, um, who I believe was a dinosaur. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's like, wow, it's God used the book of Job to tell us about these creatures and gives detail on things that we wouldn't have had in scripture otherwise. So I think, I think that's a really fun, fun aspect to this chapter. I, I think so. And just, you know, again, using the sheer magnitude of things, it's like, you know, so when we go into verses six through 40 and, and the Lord's demanding things of them, I yeah. demand of thee and declare unto you. And, uh, and, and, you know, they're in, I, I just, as I look at this and as I go on, uh, I think, you know, Elihu was the first one to make some really thought-provoking godly types of accusations. Mm -hmm. or, and, and I think, you know, and, and so we listened to them and we, you know, they carried a lot of weight and everything, Stephanie. But now all of a sudden we got the, you know, the, the infallible. We got the omnipotent. We, you know, this all-knowing, this, this omniscient. We... Uh, all of a sudden, we have the true and living God, the God of all eternity, the God that makes everything happen to us, talking to Job. and But, you know, Job came out with a bunch of humility. I did want to go back to that. I wrote that in the margin of my Bible here. Yeah. Job did come out with a bunch of humility. He did come out and say, you know what? Uh, uh, you know, I, I basically, in summarizing Doug International Version, I'm not looking at uh, any other Bible. I'm just summarizing this in my mind. Is is Job came right out with humility. He came right out and said, "You know what? Uh, you know who am I?" Kind of stuff. I and uh, uh, you know I'm vile. Uh, I'm going to put my hand over my mouth, and uh, I can proceed no further. I mean, and you know maybe 
Maybe as we move into verse number six, though, Stephanie, we realize that when trials are terrible, when times are bad, when we're in our worst place, when things seem upside down, that we just got to realize the omnipotent, the omnipotent God. We just got to realize the omniscient, all-knowing God, the all-powerful God was omnipotent, and, and the omnipresent God, that even in the midst of these trials, he's right next to us. And I think Job gives us that lesson right here. I think mm -hmm. he's given us the lesson that how we should act when we get too big for our britches. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's, yeah, I think that happens to, um, this morning I was, when I was reading, just reading and meditating on some scripture passages, um, in my quiet time, just coming to that point of realizing that I am without God, without his grace, I am no better off than an animal as far as it's God that created me. Yeah. And yep. he owes me nothing. Yeah. And, but and getting to that place you know, is hard. Yeah, it is. It's, and, and I, that's where trials, you know, God was using this trial in Job's life to bring him, to break him. Yeah. And that's what trials do. And I think, there's times I want, you know, I want to scream out, why God was it my husband had to be the one that was killed? Yeah. Why was it, you know, our family? And then God says, why wouldn't it be you? Wow. What makes you so special that you shouldn't have to go, go yeah. through things? Yeah, yeah. And it does leave you in that place of Job saying, behold, I am vile. Yeah. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. And just that place of crying out with David, you know, that, God, I want to be who you want me to be. Yeah. Because I belong to you. And I think that makes being a living sacrifice easier in a sense when you realize that you are not your own. And yeah. Yeah. God created me. I belong to him. And that's the place I think God's trying to bring Job is that place of brokenness before him because that's when God can use us is when we come to that place of I'm not owed anything except hell. Yeah, yeah. And it's only by God's grace that he's good yeah. and that, you know, every good and perfect gift is from him. And I need to always remember that, that it's nothing of me. It's all of him. Well, and I, I, I like the direction you just went into. I like the direction where you, you know, we're owed nothing but hell. But, you know, and folks, just full disclosure, obviously, Stephanie's still tender and will always be tender. I'm a tender person. <clears throat> so once in a while, there may be uh, a little bit, you'll hear a quiver in her voice or maybe. But, you know, so, um, and just the honesty, I, I admire her honesty and willingness to talk with us about those things she's been through. But then, you know, in verse number 14, Stephanie, it said, then I will also confess unto thee that thine own right hand can save thee. I mean, there's a lot in that, in that little sentence right there. You know, with God yeah. talking to Job, I mean, there's a lot right there. And, yeah. uh, you know, God can make a decision and our right hand can save thee. You know, just praying, just Giving it to God. We've talked in the past how Hezekiah was given 15 more years. He turned into a, a knucklehead. And uh, yeah. uh, and so I, I really, I don't, uh, I don't understand. Uh, I guess coming from this point, 
um, trying to understand that we within us possess everything we need to communicate to God. We within us yeah. possess everything we need to lift our hearts up to pray to God. We within yeah. us possess everything we need to humble ourselves, to come forward in front of God, to be on our knees, to be on our face, to seek that 15 more years, to, to seek good health, to seek reconciliation in marriages, to seek re reconciliation in relationships, you know, to, to be brought yeah. back together, to reinstate people, to be in a good place. We have all that inside of us is, is what I'm getting out of, chap out of uh, yeah. uh, chapter number 40 and verse 14 is God's saying it's in you, Job. It's in us. We have the Holy Spirit of God. And, 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 and so often, Stephanie, and I'm not talking about you I'm talking more about me here so often I find myself where I forget that sometimes that I just need to get on my face in front of God that I that I need to beg to God that I need to seek you know and I had mentioned earlier this week Stephanie talking about this a couple mornings ago with you I had mentioned earlier this week that I had prayed uh, my friend John O'Malley had a terrible heart situation going on had this major bypass I don't remember six or something like that, arteries bypassed from his heart was, uh, I mean, there was a good percentage of a chance that he was not going to live, maybe like 20% or something, you know, anything bigger than 0% is too much for me. Uh, yeah. And I remember being on my face, maybe symbolically, I'm not sure if I was laying on the floor, but I think I may have, and just begging God to save my friend. But we have that yeah. within us. We have all this within us. And, and I think that's what he's pointing out to Job. And I mean, I, are you seeing what I'm saying there in that next set of verses that everything's within us that we need? Well, there's the principle in Scripture that God has given us through his word, through his spirit, everything we need to live a godly life before him. And we do know that God moves yeah. when we pray. God moves when we humble ourselves before him and that's the whole principle of the verse if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will i hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will hear that heal their land god gives us a lot of ifs that and then thens and we often judge god for not keeping his end of the bargain when we have not done anything to keep ours and I don't say that in the sense of a bargain I say that just as the term but, you know where God has laid out if you seek me you shall find me and um and that's telling you seek that, him that that's screaming out yes. seek me seek me seek yes. me and, uh, and that that's work that means it's not that's not a passive thing that's an ongoing active we're looking our heart cry Everything about us is devoted to him. And um, the interesting thing to me, too, as I was reading in James, was the fact that there's not there's no neutrality here. Um, and James, you know, James, through the Holy Spirit, wrote, ye adulterers and adulteresses, no, you're not, that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. There's not neutral neutrality here. You either are a friend of God seeking to know him, seeking to walk with him, or you're not. Yeah. And that lukewarm state that Laodicea was in, God said it made him sick, made him want to vomit. And um, I think God is calling Job 
here to be that Christian who was boiling hot for him. And the boiling hot Christian is going to be on fire. They're going to be consumed with glorifying God. They're going to be consumed with living for him and to be winning the lost. And they're going to have revival. I think that's the bottom line here. Yeah, and I, I, I see what you're saying. And I think, too, I think God's calling on all of us to be hot. And uh, not to be yes. spewed out of his mouth as some lukewarm uh, yes. fence right. I mean, we're seeing it during these political times, Stephanie. We're yeah. seeing it in the presidential election, how people are actually entertaining somebody that would kill babies, that would yeah. uh, profoundly change our way of life. And, and, yeah. uh, and, and you know, you, you wonder why God gets so angry with us. And, yes. and, uh, and, and you know, we have everything. And then he goes on and he talks about the behemoth, which you were you had mentioned a few minutes ago and, uh, uh, you know, talking about the behemoth, which is this huge creature. We don't know exactly what it is in, in the Leviathan, but we think they're dinosaurs. You know, they were, we're going to see more of them coming up in chapter 41. And if they're mentioned in the Bible, they were here. We don't, you know, as Christians, uh, there are those on the other side of the Christian faith, the atheist and uh, create and uh, creationist and or evolutionists, so there's two sides, us being the creationists, the other side being the evolutionists, or Christian versus uh, evolutionists or atheists. And, and, uh, and, and, and we know God's word is true. We believe every word of it, and, and we know what's going on. So I think when he's talking to Job here, <clears throat> he's pointing out one of the biggest of his creatures. You know, as he goes through these animals, as he goes through these different things, again, he's pointing to something, saying, look what I can do. Look what I can manage. Uh, look what I look how I handle these things, and and uh, I I think that's really important. And the takeaway, as you mentioned earlier, the takeaway is being able to worship and trust God in the way we should, and in the yeah. and, and and you know that's the takeaway. That's that's where we need to be. We need to be in that place. And uh, and I liked at the end. Uh, Behold, uh, he drinketh up a river and hasteth not. He trusteth that he can draw up Jordan unto his mouth. He taketh it with his eyes, and his nose pierce through snares. And and so he's talking about this behemoth. He's talking about how big it is. His tail is like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as strong as pieces of brass. Um, I mean, he's talking about what he can create. And we know that man could get these behemoths. We know that man could get these leviathans uh, because... They would surround them and multiple men could mm-hmm. take it down. You know, they'd hook it, they'd eat it, they'd do things like that so it wouldn't eat them, so it wouldn't be to them. And and God, once again, is reminding us, I, I think the practical side, Stephanie, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the, quick, the quick end here is the practical side is we have everything within us to come to God and get right and heal if God chooses to heal us. He doesn't have to. But if God chooses to heal us, he can do that. And then God ends, I believe. He starts, we got to go, and we got to go to that place, by the way, with everything within us in a humble, vile uh, retrospect as Job did. And uh, yeah. and then at the end, we got to realize that God can create the biggest behemoth, that God could create the littlest raccoon or, or uh, squirrel or whatever the case may be. And uh, a little mice, I mean, from the smallest animal to the biggest, God creates to include the behemoth. And I, I mean, what you, is, is that what your practical push is here as we close? Yeah. Yeah, I think that when I come away from chapter 30 or from chapter 40 here, um, 
again, it leaves me realizing that apart from God, I'm nothing. And apart from his grace, I'm nothing. And that this life isn't about me. It's about him. It's about him being glorified. It's about him doing what he wants to do in and through my life. And the fact that I'm created for his glory. Yeah. And I think that's what God is trying to get across to Job is everything I've created, the animals, behemoth, you, it's been for my glory. Amen. And get your eyes on that fact, Job, and it's going to it's going to get you past this this spot you're in of depression. It's going to get you past all of that. This trial. Just remembering that yeah. I belong to you. Yeah. And or you belong to me and I'm, I've put you here. Yeah, and I, and I go. I thought, uh, right. I thought you were talking from a Job perspective. But folks, listen. In closing, this this is the crux of it. We belong to God. God gives us everything we need to communicate and have a fellowship and relationship with Him. We need to do that, but we need to come to Him in that vile, humble spirit, and we need to understand that God creates the smallest to the biggest, and if He can take care of a behemoth, if He can take care of a, a little teeny bird, if He can take care of an egg that has not hatched, He can take care of us and get us through the trial. You know, the number one thing we worry about on this podcast, Stephanie, is? That people know 100% sure. That they, that they know Jesus Christ is their Savior. So listen to this message real quick. We sure do love you, folks. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us while we were yet sinners before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner. We can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart that all we need to do is pray to God, believe it in our heart that Christ has died for our sins and ask him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks? He will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.